Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What up, fam? Welcome back to another episode of Snapback Sports. On this episode, we're doing a little mailbag segment. I posted on my Snapchat story, my Instagram story, at SnapbackPod in the FlickTrack group. And we wrangled up a bunch of questions. We're going to talk Super Bowl. We're going to talk Derek Jeter in the Hall of Fame for the MLB and the big Kansas fight. So let's get it. Down goes Frazier. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Gives it to Jenkins for the What up, fam? I'm your host, Jack Settlement from Snapback Sports on Snapchat. Joining me today, and as always, is my co-host and longtime best friend, Abe Granoff. Just a reminder, if you're new to the pod, if you're back on the pod, make sure you're subscribed if you're on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Make sure to follow. Make sure you guys give us ratings, reviews, share with your friends. We're having a lot of fun talking to you guys. We have big plans for Super Bowl week, hopefully a pod every single day, including kicking it off With a video pod on Monday between Abe and I, he'll be up in New York with me. And then Austin Eckler on Tuesday. Potentially Nate Burleson making another appearance on the pod. Some exciting stuff. So make sure you subscribe. That way you get notified. Anyways, Abe, I'm in a good mood. You're tired. It's Wednesday morning. What's going on? I want you to bring the energy. I'm in a good mood. You mentioned to people, subscribe, review, yada, yada. If you are subscribed, unsubscribe and then resubscribe. It's just, it's how it goes. We love talking to you guys. Hopefully you like listening to at least me. Um, I don't know why you keep coming back for Jack. But anyway, I'm in a good mood. Wednesday morning, a little tired, a little tired. Uh, Worked a little late last night. Nice little flex right there. Let's get going. (laughs) Is that a flex? All right, let's hop right into it. My favorite question of the day from at Snapback Pod came from Grant LeChowier. Grant, Grant Lechowe. Lechue. Lechue. I don't know how it goes, but... It's like, it's like Pui. It's like Pui. He says, who or what... I like the what aspect. Who or what do you think like, will be the be the X factor? I like the, the, the I like the X, the what as well, because right. you got to think back to... Well, um, you didn't what? let me finish the question real quick. Who or what do you think will be the X factor in the Super Bowl? Yeah, okay. We all knew where that was going. Um... I like the what aspect of this question because you think back to the last time the 49ers made the Super Bowl. Um, nobody thought that the stadium electrician would play a role in the game. True. But by turning the lights off in the stadium, God bless that he – oh, no, he didn't because the Ravens won. Damn it. Um, <laughs> the Niners were able to climb back and make it a game and then be screwed over by the refs at the end. But – uh, it's in Miami. It's outside. I guess you still need lights in an outside stadium. That would be pretty stupid. Um, That's correct. Who or what is the X Factor? You know who my X Factor is, Jack? Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. Now, it, people may think it's a little it's a little easy or basic to call a quarterback an X Factor in a game. 
But in this situation, I don't think it is because you look at Jimmy Garoppolo and what he's done in the playoffs so far. He's thrown for a hair over 200 yards and some change in a combined two games. Uh, one touchdown and one pick. That's it. The, the Niners have been heavily relying on the run game. Um, we saw Mozart. We saw they took the ball out of Jimmy G's hands pretty much the entire game at Green, Green Bay. Um, the analytics people were going crazy. In 2020, how can you win an NFC Championship game by giving the ball to your quarterback eight times and running the ball 40 times? But the Niners did it. They showed success. They ran it down Green Bay's throat. Um, Jimmy G didn't play great against Minnesota um, a few weeks ago. It was low completion percentage. Did throw a pick and turn the ball over. Um, it was the run game that got them through. Now, why do I think Jimmy's the X Factor? Because I don't see a way that this Niners team offense, I'm not going to point to the defense, their offense can compete with the explosiveness of the Kansas City Chiefs just on the ground the entire game. I think that you need to air the ball out and you got you got to be able to score with them because we saw what they can do in such a small amount of time. I mean, for God's sakes, they're down 24 nothing. They're down have a 10-point deficit in each first half of each game and they go into the half with a lead. So, in my opinion, you can't just run the ball on these guys if you want to outscore them. And we all know the key factor to winning the Super Bowl is to scoring more points than the other team. That's so, a good point. Is that your X factor? Score who whoever scores more? That's like my A factor. <laughs> uh I have a slight bone to pick with your initial statement, which was they took the ball out of Jimmy G's hands I mean, come on. in the NFC Championship. I don't Oh yeah, actually, they didn't take it my bad. They didn't take it out. They okay. never put it in his hands. Okay, which is fair. And I think some people are like, well, they got it well, they're running the ball at nineteen yards a clip, they're gonna keep running it, and it worked. So I don't disagree with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to be clear on that. I don't they think just, they it wasn't like a like Joe Flacco two thousand eight, he's a rookie, March Mark Sanchez two thousand nine, he's young and like they're taking the ball out of his hands and trying to protect the ball. Like it's just they could not be stopped on the ground, so they're going with it. Yeah, it so was your just coach from the get go saying, "Jimmy, we're going to run we're the ball. Not going to use you today, which is fine. It worked out. So your X factor is Jimmy G. It's not a terrible one. Uh, I like your balance of you know he is the quarterback, also, but he needs to make more plays. Also, it's like it's the Super Bowl, right? When Jimmy G, we've yet to see Jimmy G in these huge like people are questioning Jimmy G. And rightfully so. He just kind of bursted on the scene. But there's no denying that this guy has talent and that he can compete. It's just a matter a matter is, is he a primetime quarterback or is he this game manager? I want to see from Jimmy G. Everyone in the world's eyes are on you. The time's on you to go down and put your team in the end zone. Can you do it? Because we've seen flashes in, we'll put it quotes around it, big games because obviously this is way bigger. This year, when against Seattle, in when Seattle won that first Monday night game against um, San Fran, he kind of he kind of folded. Right, he was taking bad sacks, getting um, holding on to the ball too long in the two minute drill. And Seattle ended up winning that game in a crazy one in overtime. Um, obviously, they went on to beat him later in a huge game in Week 17, which is probably the reason they're in the Super Bowl. But Jimmy G, when the lights are on you, yeah, you're a good looking dude. We all know that, but the helmet's on. No one can see your face. Can you do it when it matters? And I mean, we'll see. It's it's really a, a telltale tale, a telltale test of Jimmy G, and we'll see if he even gets the ball. 
Caleb has a question about Jimmy G. Let me give you my X Factor first, then we'll kind of divulge, because I have a lot to say on Gucci Garopp. Uh My X Factor, I'm going to go with the return game. I was I thinking think, about that. I think that's a nice angle that the Chiefs have. It's an edge. There's three facets to every game, special teams, <laughs> offense, so, defense. So you hear every coach say in every pregame <laughs> interview, hey, got to win all three phases. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, they have a Pro Bowl returner, but the Niners have speed. James has looked really good back there, returning kicks. I think your statement of, you know, you can't outscore the Chiefs with just running the ball, which is fair, but I think 24 to 27 points from San Francisco can get it done. Can they get three drives with just uh, running the ball and Jimmy making a timely third down throw and punching it in? I believe so. And then a turnover or a big return that leads them to a field goal. Right there, 24 points could be 27, 28 points. So I don't think Jimmy's going to need to throw 28 times. I really do think he could throw 18, 19 times, complete 12 or 13 passes. And it's just, it's always off the play action off the pass. The reverses were killing Green Bay. Kittle making big plays, Debo looking explosive. So I think the X factor could be the return game if either team can get a touchdown off of one of those or even good enough field position. The Chiefs used it to come back against the Texans. The Niners haven't really used it, but that could swing the game one way or another. So Caleb.OTTE13 asks, has Jimmy G done anything to help the Niners reach the Super Bowl? I I do not enjoy the narrative right now, which is that Jimmy G hasn't done anything. Jimmy G isn't this. Jimmy G isn't that. They're, they're just playing the most optimal game. If he needed to throw 30 times, who knows if they would be in the NFC champ in the Super Bowl. Maybe they would. Like, there's no saying he wouldn't. Jimmy G is the highest QBR in the fourth quarter of the season. So for everyone who's sitting back at home being like, Oh, they just got to make him throw. They just got to stop the run. Well, first of all, the Chiefs can't stop the run. They rank bottom five in the league in rush defense. Excuse me. They rank bottom five in the league in rush defense. And secondly, like, this guy has come up clutch before. He won in Seattle with massive drives. Massive. They were punching back and forth. He went into New Orleans, scored 48 points. There's no doubt in my mind Jimmy G can. And if you don't believe that, you just haven't watched the Niners enough to know this year that he can make the big play, and he has. Mahomes hasn't made a play in the Super Bowl, and Jimmy G hasn't made a play in the Super Bowl. Mahomes hasn't let it come p- come from behind Jack, win in the, su- Jack, in the playoffs Jack, either. Jack, don't, don't try and compare those two. I'm, I'm not, but my point is no one's proven themselves in the Super Bowl yet. I have faith in Jimmy G the same actually, way Jimmy everyone G has faith in Mahomes. Actually, Jimmy G has a ring. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy G has a ring. He sat under Brady, sat under Belichick. Like, there's almost an argument that Jimmy G can be trusted just as much in terms of his confidence and preparation going into the game versus Mahomes, who's never played in this game or ever been on this stage, and Andy Reid, who will get into it potentially in a little about how, you know, choking tendencies, coming out slow. That's that's the X factor. There's my answer. Whoever oh, gets just, the lead. You just gave an X factor. <laughs> Whoever gets the lead. Because the Chiefs, they've gone down double digits in two straight games against two clearly weaker teams, inferior teams. They go down 10 to the rushing attack and that defense of the Niners where their pass rushers are pinning their ears back, getting after the quarterback. They're sitting in cover four, and then they run the ball. It's going to be a long day for the Chiefs. So has Jimmy G done anything to help the Niners reach the Super Bowl? Yes. 
He's managed the team perfectly, and he's made big-time throws when he had to. He led a 90-yard drive, and it was a impress, two impressive passes to Debo Samuel that flipped the game on its head in the NFC Championship. So, no, he hasn't thrown for 350 like Mahomes, but he's done enough to get them there, and that's all that really matters. Yeah, I, I listen, obviously I've been... Okay, some Niners fans may not like me from this year, right? <laughs> Let's just put it as it is. Uh, of course Jimmy G has done enough to get his team to the Super Bowl, right? Like, you don't just fall on 13-3 and three in a first-round bye with having an absolute – playing with no quarterback. You know what I mean? I know it sounds as simple as I'm saying it, but, like, it really is. The guy went 13-3 and three as a starter and got his team a home field advantage. It came times in the playoffs. He did what he needed to do. Like, people fault these guys for – not like only playing two home games in the playoffs. Why do you think they're only playing two home games? Because they've won so many damn games in the regular season. Right. Jimmy G has close to a 70% completion percentage. Granted, the defense, I'll play devil's advocate. The defense is always on their toes, not expecting to throw because they're so prolific with the run. That makes sure his first read's open. We know how I feel about Jimmy G in first read. But like I said, 70% completion percentage is nothing to bat away. Close to 4,000 yards. Jimmy G had a solid year. Now, did he carry his team like Patrick Mahomes and where their team or Russell Wilson where their team is relying on quarterback play? No, but that's not a knock on Jimmy G. That eh, just put, that, no, I'm that, indifferent to that statement because – the Chiefs' defense of the final six games of the year was number one in defense, and the Niners' defense was actually pretty bad. Like, people had questions going into the playoffs about this defense. They were That's getting gouged. Saying. I'm saying Matt Moore put up 30-plus points with the weapons that Mahomes has, and this isn't a knock on Mahomes. My point is is that it, it's, it's just how you kind of talk about it. Yeah, exactly. My point is I'm not saying that the defenses had a play in it. I'm saying that... Listen, the Chief, the Niners run game has been dominant all year. It's not like, like Absolutely. It's not like Andy Reid's going to Pat Mahomes saying, Pat, I need four forty and four from you today. Like right. like someone like because that's what they, they sometimes it takes. He took that against Houston. It uh it took that against uh Tennessee. Like, even though they did go to the run game a little bit against Tennessee, the Niners had that backbone to fall on because they had such an efficient run game that Jimmy G didn't have to do the things that the Russell Wilsons and the Patrick Mahomes and the Deshaun Watsons, and I'm not going to throw another name in there, were doing all year because they were a well-rounded team. You can't knock a guy for the other 52 people around him being really good. So has Jimmy G done enough to prove himself that he belongs in this spot? Oh, this is like pulling teeth. Sure. Sure. I mean, absolutely. There's, there's no other way to put it. All right, on to Do Josh. Crumble, we'll see. Josh DB03. Better play right now: Tyron Matthew or Richard Sherman. Tyron has been this playing is, the this, Honey Badger. This is a no-brainer, Jack. Uh, is it? It's a no-brainer. Well, okay, then why don't you start? It's Tyron Matthew. It's and not a knock your, on Richard Sherman whatsoever. What's but, your logic here? Um, listen. Richard Sherman, we saw the beef with Darrell Rivas on Twitter, but it's true. He doesn't. He only sticks to one side of the field. That's what he does. He's not going to fall around your number one receiver the entire game. Whereas Tyron Matthews playing the entire field, he's playing in the box, he's stopping the run, he's stopping the pass. Um, is Richard Sherman a better one-on-one like corner or man-to-man pass coverage guy? Of course, but Richard Sherman is a little bit out of his prime. 
Um, he's on the older side. Okay, no, I'm not. I'm actually gonna have to cut you no, off. No, stop. Tyrod Matthew is is getting up there, brother. Brother, Richard Sherman is an All Pro, first team All Pro. Come, come on. He, I mean, he's come past, on what? Come he's on past what? This time he's passed this time. He's not. How can you say that though? He's a, he is an All Pro cornerback. Are do you think Richard Sherman's best football days are ahead of him or behind him? This is probably the peak of his career. Is right now. Is he's an All Pro starting cornerback in the Super Bowl? Right. He's he's not past his prime. He he's at he had incredible years in Seattle, the Legion of Boom. But like he's he's the better player right now. Tyran is getting all the love, and he should because he completely fixed this Chiefs defense, which was a mess last year and the first half of the year. And they have become a competent group, and there's really no one to give more credit to than Tyron. Absolutely. If we do a most improved and biggest maybe impact, maybe you make the Tyran argument. But Richard Sherman cuts off half the field, and the experience he brings and the leadership oh, and the yeah. veteran in the locker room right now, Richard Sherman's the better player. He's cutting off half the field, and uh, you just can't get that from anyone else in this game. Yeah, I mean, hey, to each his own. To me, if you're that if you're that dude at cornerback, go and go and shut down that best player. But it's not that's not I their defensive that's not part scheme. Of the game. I understand that's that. not their scheme. So so why even say that? How does that make sense? Because that's been Richard Sherman throughout his entire career. But he's in. A, he's on a different team, and he's but on he, a top. He he's it. on a top two defense. Right. So you he want did them that to same ch- thing in Seattle. But you want I'm him to saying, change his scheme. I'm just saying. How does that make sense? That's just my opinion. If you're okay, so then the Chiefs should come out and just be a run-heavy team on Sunday. Like it just doesn't make sense. It's you play. This is the biggest thing about the NFL is you play your role, and if everyone does their job and you're the better players on the better team, you succeed because you do your role. That's why the Titans beat the Ravens is because everyone stuck to their job. Richard Sherman does his job, and he's the best in the game at it. He's not, you're right, he's not Tredavious White or Stephon Gilmore who's going to go around and shut down players. He doesn't need to. That's not his job. He's an all-pro corner. It's what he does. All right. For me, you got Tyron lining up as corner, outside, inside, in the slot, playing deep as a safety in the middle. I mean, he's, he's also a de facto running back, when it, I mean, linebacker when it comes down to it. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's two, it's, it's two great players to compare. It's just, to me... I think, listen. You like run, the hype around, of Tyron. Run around, and Honey Badger's awesome. Run around with Tyreek Hill for 40, for uh, how long is that NFL game? 60 Six. minutes. 60 um, minutes. All right, a quick one from DeVelasco3. I'm down $1,000 gambling. Get me back to even. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, I got I know. you. That's why I'm setting you up. David, or DeVelasco, I'll pretend I don't know who this is. Dave. The, all right, so it's a little early. I have more film to do. I'm gonna when we do our Super Bowl preview, I'll have some more facts under my belt. But the early lean, the best bet of the Super Bowl, I know it's a lot, over one minute and fifty nine seconds on, in my opinion, the most two exhilarating minutes in sports, the Super Bowl national anthem. I've been studying a lot Demi Lovato singing it. I've been studying a lot of Demi Lovato tape. Um, Back in 2011, she sung at a World Series game. You could tell that nerves were kicking in very fast-paced, opened up quick, didn't really settle down throughout. Um, Very, very short rendition. Move on to 2012. I think she sung the World Series again. This one was more reminiscent of her her Fergie's rendition at 
NBA All-Star game in terms of their pitch all over the place. Very weird rendition. Also very short. You can tell the nerves. Fast forward to 2015. You can tell that she settles in a little bit. She changes her pace throughout from slow to short. That was more in the middle of it. And then her more recent big performance was at the Mayweather-McGregor fight a few years ago back in 20... I think we'll call it 2018 it was? 2017? No, it was 20, yeah, 17. 2017, I don't know. But, I mean, she was locked in, settled in, took her time, even paced throughout. Her longest rendition at 2.13. Um, I know that gives you only a 14-second window, but from what I've seen in Demi Lovato's career as a singer, the more experience she gains, the less nervous she is and the more settled in she is. And the slower the rendition, if you hear her going loud in the beginning, we're in for a long one because from what I've heard, the louder she goes, the longer it goes. So an early lean, D. Velasco, the over on the National Anthem to get you out of that hole. I'll come back with an official pick in a few days, but that's just how I'm feeling. And I've put a lot of work in, into, this, into this pick. I think you put more work into Demi Lovato. Hey, national man. anthem than this podcast hey, man. but hey every everyone wants to be the top dog but no one wants to put the work in that's facts and i'm the right. one doing it so dave i got you you're out of the hole over on demi thank totally you going under, under, appreciate under, under. that zach hazard 37 asks between the chiefs and the niners whose red color pantone is preferred I like the Chiefs personally. I hope they let the Niners wear their white throwbacks though. Those are dope. The red Chiefs, huh? I think that's what they are wearing. Well, they put a request into the NFL. Apparently, they're not allowed to, but they're looking to get it. Is that the jerseys that the? uh... It's the white on the white. So right now, if they played tomorrow, it would be white on like the. I'm I'm looking up the game. Oh no, they wore it earlier in the season, huh? Is this the Niners Saints game? Those are the only white jerseys I'm thinking of. Um, I would have to take a look, but it's like their normal is white and the, um, no, against the Saints, they wore the white with the gold. Um, I don't know who they wore the whites against this year, but they are very fresh. Yeah. Oh, I think I know what I'm looking at. Yeah. Was it a white helmet Uh, as well? Yeah, they didn't get they didn't get it through. So the 49ers will wear all white are sorry, the 49ers will wear white jerseys, gold pants versus the Chiefs. Which is a bummer, but those are the rules. Whoa. So with that being said, I prefer the Pantone of the Chiefs. I like the well, red. Darren Rovell, thank you for your question. Um I also <laughs> prefer the Chiefs Pantone. Eh. Yeah, I mean, it depends what mood I'm in that day, honestly. Okay. So Dave, David from the Flick Chat group, says, Can Andy Reid pull off a big win? He's known to choke in these situations. I swear this is not my burner count. This is this will be a fun one, fam, because Abe and I got into this one a little over the text machine, the iMessage. Uh, no green bubbles. The carrier pigeons. <laughs> the carrier pigeons. But I heard a statement from Abe. Stop! Via t- Stop. Via ta- no, 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 I'm just I'm setting the scene. I'm setting the scene. No, so you're, the- you're you're. <laughs> I'll set it fairly. I'll set it fairly. <laughs> no, I'll not. set it fairly. So Abe asked a question. I actually don't even really know how it started, but the conversation became this. Abe said, "You can't say that Andy Reid doesn't get it done in no, big games." You I- did. Didn't. You did say that. No, I didn't. I what do you said, mean? I said it is a lazy thing to no, say. No, 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 no. You made the statement. You cannot say. You didn't say Andy Reid gets it done in big games. I'm, I'm giving that. You <coughs> said, which is essentially the same thing. You said 
I can't say, Jack cannot say that Andy Reid doesn't get it done in big games, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you did correct that statement and admit you're wrongdoing on that. No. no one's saying he's not one of the greatest coaches of all time. I then, you presented who has the coaching edge. We There were messages firing back and forth. We agreed after that. I do believe the Chiefs have the coaching edge. But the statement that Andy Reid cannot get it done in big games is a statement of fact. He has never won the Super Bowl. He's failed multiple times in the NFC Championship. He's now playing his second Super Bowl. He's one of the greatest offensive masterminds ever. He's an incredible coach, but the sure statement of a fact is that he has never gotten it done in the big games, so here's another opportunity. So with that being said, let's go a little into the coaching matchup. That is Andy Reid, zero Super Bowl wins, Kyle Shanahan, an absolute, and I just want to give it to the other side, Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator, 28-3, the Falcons are leading. The play caller. Correct, the play caller. The OC does not run the ball as much as he should have, although he did have an MVP quarterback, and he, people say stay aggressive. But nonetheless, you're up 28-3 in the Super Bowl in the second half. If you run the ball enough, you should be able to run out the clock. So, Abe, take it, take it away. It's just it's a lazy thing to it's, say. Listen, stop. That Andy Reid can't get it done. It's a fact. Listen. How can you say that's lazy? That's a fact. Because... People want to sit here and say that playoff games in general, like once you get to the Super Bowl, the playoff games that you previously played, they weren't big games because it doesn't match up to what how big this game is. Now, Andy Reid is 0-1 in the Super Bowl, um, has the most career wins of any coach that's never won a Super Bowl in the playoffs. And, and, and you're going to sit here and tell me he, it's lazy to say he can't get it done? Is the you just said it? Get it? Is the, get okay. it done? Yeah. Sure. No, that's fair. That's a fair okay. thing. But to say that he chokes in a big game, well, that is very lazy. I very completely lazy. disagree with that statement. Completely disagree. So what how is, is how is he one of the most winningest coaches in playoff history then? Because he's one of the greatest coaches, not one of the greatest. He's an incredible coach. We talked about this in the last pod. He's not greatest category. He's one of the best. Uh, I think because he, got, he wins I think he a gets lot. This ring and he's in that category. He w- he's won a lot of regular season games, and he's won the division a bunch of times. So yeah, they pick on the wild card, and then shit happens. He blew a big lead against Marcus Mariota. He blew a massive lead against Andrew Luck in the playoffs. They went down 24-0 against the Texans. And who are you going to credit in this situation? It wasn't Andy Reid's play calling on the sideline, his leadership. It was the fact that he had Patrick Mahomes to dig him out of that hole. They went down 10-0 to the Titans. He He just doesn't come out in these big moments. He's blown big leads in the playoffs. They've had teams that were far superior than other teams in the playoffs that they absolutely choked against. He's known in the playoffs to blow timeouts early in the first quarter, to mismanage timeouts late in the game, to waste challenges. It's not just that he has a lot of wins and they haven't gotten lucky and it hasn't just tipped over and he hasn't he has been at fault many a time in his playoff career and that's just a fact. With that being said, let's go into who has the actual edge. It's not even close Andy Reid has the edge. I disagree. I wouldn't say it's not even close. Okay, I think well, if you took close. out if you took out the 28-3, to three, right, 
and all that bad. Yeah, let's take out the pro- biggest blown lead in Super Bowl history. Biggest blown lead in the Super Bowl history game of all time. But you can't put it a hundred percent on Kyle Shanahan. Just the w- same way you can't put a h- everything on Andy Reid. Absolutely, sure sound like you are. Not at all. But my point is, Shanahan as bad as apparently the second half was called. They did score twenty eight in the first half. And in the second half, it's a Matt Ryan sack away from kicking a game-winning field goal anyway. So, it is what it is in that sense. I think Shanahan, he's going to have an incredible game plan to take advantage of that of the Chiefs' front seven. I'm nervous for Andy Reid, not because I don't think he'll have a great game plan for the defense. They have Mahomes and all those weapons. So, it shouldn't be, like, too complicated. I'm nervous about... Who's going to come out and take the lead? As we talked about earlier, I think it's the absolute key to the game. It won't be my X Factor. Key to the game. Because Andy Reid is known to either, one, blow leads, two, blow timeouts, or three, come out slow. The Chiefs have fallen behind by double digits in three consecutive playoff games. They couldn't overcome the Patriots. They overcame Houston, who's garbage, and Tennessee, who just didn't have the secondary compete. This is a whole different animal. I think the coaching edge goes to the Chiefs because of the bye week, but I do get nervous off the bye about them starting slow. Yeah, well, my what, what's my favorite word been this playoffs? The starts Niners with, stink? I don't know. Word starts with an A, experience. And I'm going to ride with my guy Andy through and through. Listen, Kyle Shannon has had a great year. Debatably. What experience? They both coached in one Super Bowl. Listen. You got Andy Reid. The last Stop. time Andy Reid get a word out. No, 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 no. The last time Andy Reid coached in the Super Bowl was two thousand and four. Yeah, thanks. It was my team. Hey, I that know was, what it was sixteen years ago. Right, and he's played a shit ton of playoff games since then. Andy Reid has has seen it all as an NFL coach. He's one of the greatest coaches of all time. Listen, Kyle Shanahan, tremendous year. Probably the leading candidate off the top of my head. Maybe Vrabel for coach of the year. You're out of your mind. It's hardball, but continue. Continue. Why, why it's, it, it's, 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 doesn't matter. Continue on your yeah, statement. I mean, he's shown it. He's very innovative, right? He's sending guys all different direction, very reminiscent of what Sean McVay was doing last year with the St. Louis or LA Rams. Um, so you got to give your hat off to, to Shanahan. But Andy Reid, I'm taking the guy who has the most playoff wins in NFL Without history a Super Bowl. guy that hasn't won a Super Bowl. If you could just shut your mouth for a few minutes, Jack. Um, I'm taking that over the guy that has one Super Bowl appearance as a coordinator who happened to blow the biggest lead of all time in Super Bowl history. That's a weird way to frame it. But, all right, blessed, blessed be your heart in supporting Andy Reid. Look, you go down with the ship. You support the man. Let's be honest. If you're backing the Chiefs, I know you're rooting for Andy Reid, but you're praying. Yeah, you're backing <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. There's no doubt. No, I'm backing. I'm backing a few other guys. Tyree, Cal, like the combination. I'm backing sure. the offense. But it's not. You're not getting on the like the same way. Like Bill Belichick, just it was a clinic last year in the Super Bowl over Sean McVay. Like he yes. ruined Sean McVay, Jared Goff, and <laughs> honestly, the repercussions lasted through this year. I don't see that happening in either direction in this game. Um, and said, if you're I think back we're in and, for the best game of all time because we got a snooze fest last year. Yeah, you're I'm just, just going to say that till we get it. Yeah, we're going to be like preseason week three previewing like Niners, uh, freaking Cardinals. You'd be like, I don't know, this could be the best preseason game uh, of all time. Oh, speaking of, never mind, continue. All right, 
On to the uh, Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame inductees were announced, and the, <laughs> the what's up? That's my that's my reaction. Why? How pissed? Like, what has to go wrong in this one guy's day or week? Who was the only asshole? Which I, I don't really care. I have a bunch of Yankees fans who are kind of sick about it, and I, I I hate the Yankees so. To me, it's not. It's just funny. I know they take it seriously. But how... What went wrong in this one guy's day that he was the only voter to leave Derek Jeter off of his ballot? Derek Jeter, obviously, was going to be a Hall of Famer, as he should have, right? There, there was no doubt in anyone's mind. But Derek Jeter does get a lot of criticism because if you remove the championships, because baseball is one of the more complete games, right? Like a, a shortstop who's hitting 280 isn't winning you World Series, right? Or else the Angels will win the World Series every year with Mike Trout. So those teams were loaded. He was the captain. He's legendary. There's all those things. But some people do say he was slightly overrated, right? It was the awe and the mystique and the, the flip and the catch and all of that stuff. <clears throat> I was slightly surprised that he actually got that many votes, like that it was only one. But clearly, like he was going to be a first bout Hall of Famer, and I don't know what had to happen. Like he had, he still has the most votes ever for a position player. Is he the greatest position player of all time? Like I don't even think it's that close. I would say no, right? Like if, if he's not unanimous, like then Mike Trout is, right? I mean, I just don't know what 3,400 hits, 1,900 runs, 14-time All-Star, 5-time World Series champion. The one thing that he doesn't have to his credit is that MVP award, you could say. Right. But he he wasn't even the it? best player in the league, and you're telling me he's a unanimous Hall of Famer? Not Listen, necessarily. It's what? really, really hard to win the MVP as a clean, medium-ish to power hitter. When you're playing in that era, which was just steroids after steroids, it's really hard to to win the MVP in that area. Being a clean position player, like it that. is, and I but, think that I think that's the point, though, is that like if he's a unanimous Hall of Famer, like I I think you probably need a world or you probably need an MVP trophy. Like there's only one. It's Mariano Rivera, and the dude. That's li- why I think that you couldn't just, get on base. So I don't understand how like. Mariano Rivera personally can be the only first ballot Hall of Famer, right? Like not first ballot, unanimous. The only first unanimous. unanimous, first unanimous. Yeah, it just it doesn't make sense to me. You, you well, gotta, it seems like they open the floodgates, right? Is like now it seems like a lot of people. Year. No, it seems like a lot of people. The opposite, honestly. It seems like there's just like now there's going to be this thing how there should only be one unanimous, but like, how do you compare a guy's career that? never step foot in a batter's box to one that never stepped foot on a pitcher's mound. You know what I mean? Like, how can one be unanimous and the other not when it's literally apples to oranges in terms of what they did in their career, the position they played in baseball, and the role that they had for their teams? I understand. I'm not saying Mariano Rivera doesn't deserve to be unanimous. I'm saying that I think it's a little foolish how it's kind of just like a sticking your chest, a baseball writer sticking their chest out and putting it to the players right. about... And the fact that they, they don't even have it's to... It's felt personal. Right. The fact that they don't even have to announce their ballots or there's no credibility to be held. I'm not saying this guy who voted against Derek Jeter should come out and have to and have to t- say that he voted against Derek Jeter. But just like the fact that they don't release the ballots 
I think it's a little childish that these writers aren't held credible because it's a big deal to, to fans. It's a big deal to these players. How many people wanted Derek Jeter to be that second unanimous um, MVP first ballot inductee? I don't know. It's just all a little childish to me. Not even to mention the other names that are getting off left off the list. That's a whole other story. But, I mean, I'm just curious how much of a mood this guy woke up in that he couldn't put Derek Jeter as unanimous. I think the antithesis, and I'm curious when it happens, is like Clayton Kershaw is a first bout Hall of Famer, and like he is the complete opposite of Derek Jeter, right? Like he's one of the greatest regular season pitchers of all time without fail. Obviously has had his playoff struggles. Uh, obviously has had his playoff struggles against the Astros, who may have known what pitches were coming, which is a whole bigger discussion of like, could the fact that they cheated, right? Like, people want to take away their rings, they want suspensions, they want fines. Like, they altered so many players' careers. Yeah. Like, if if they ruined Clayton Kershaw's entire reputation because they knew he was throwing a curveball when his curveball is the most unhittable pitch since Rivera's splitter, like, think about that. And then when his Hall of Fame situation comes in, like, he's a first bout Hall of Famer. He'll never be close to unanimous because of his playoff struggles, whereas Jeter, like, maybe his numbers in the regular season weren't excellent, but he just made so many big plays in the World Series and in the playoffs. So, like, I am curious, like, going yeah, forget, forward forget, how that'll be. For, I, I like the point that you brought up about the impact he had on, like, Clayton Kershaw's, the narrative around him. But I, I've been listening to some some interviews and some podcasts from some LLB players. And I, it honestly goes beyond that. I know we're switching courses. We're still on baseball, but the Houston Astros. But you're saying think about Clayton Kershaw and his reputation. Like, could he have had a solid outing in the World Series and caused his team to win the World Series and totally switch, flip the narrative on Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs? About getting it done in think the Think about game. the guys <laughs> that work their way through the farm system came up and made a first career start in Minute Maid Park for another team, got absolutely shelled and pulled after three innings, and then never got the opportunity to come back up in the league and make a name for themselves because the Astros knew what pitch was coming. Like, it's heartbreaking. It goes, it, the chain reaction goes way beyond that, where it's affecting guys' careers, even getting into the league, when it's so, it's so hard. It's affecting their lives. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's affecting, affecting their, their livelihoods, livelihoods and, and their career earnings. Um, I know, we're which is why it. I think I am I crazy. Like I don't see it being pushed online much, but like those players should be suspended for yeah, a no, year. Every yeah, That's like why, I, I genuinely that was my feel stance. That, that was my stance because why? I, I first said it was a slap on the wrist, right? You you gave punishment to management. It trickled down to a few other managers, but these players, the guy, it was it was an in house run thing, right? It wasn't AJ Hinch who started this and said. And and organize the entire thing. This was a player organized thing, and not a single player is being held accountable because they opened their mouths and talked for immunity, right? If you want to send a message about how this can't be done in our game, the players are the ones that have to be suspended. Now you have this whole thing coming out about the buzzers on the chest, and MLB said they found nothing with that. Who knows what that is? I think that. Personally, my personal opinion with the buzzers is that that's just MLB Twitter having a little fun. I don't know. 
and try like and just try. You know, to, you know what they say about rumors. On everybody's uniform. You know, well, yes, obviously, like them circling like undershirts that are clearly making an imprint like, is whatever. Like, but I've I don't know. The Altuve, he, Altuve hits a game winning home run and covers himself up and runs straight to the locker room. Like, I know it's like more of a twenty twenty looking backwards thing, but it does look somewhat suspicious. It definitely looks suspicious given what Twitter was able to uncover. But if Twitter wasn't able to uncover that, like, you've got people that are saying that Carlos Belcher's supposed um, niece who was tweeting out yeah, about they, the Yeah, they said that was a burner. Yeah, one of my friends was like, could you imagine MLB player sitting behind a burner Twitter account referring to another MLB player, well, at this point, manager, as my T.O. with a heart? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... But this is like the biggest MLB like scandal. Nolan Arenado potentially... calling Carlos Beltran his T.O. with a heart. <laughs> like potentially ever, right? Yeah, one of these. Like obviously these the, the Black Sox every... scandal, they threw a World Series. So that's going to be number one. That was also in 1908. So that one, kind of, people are kind of over. But like people, pitchers, like you said, you've listened to a bunch of interviews and their thoughts. And the Indians guys have been like very outspoken about it, And they said. I would 100% rather throw to players juiced up on steroids than knowing what pitch I'm throwing. Like, no, that's their whole thing. You, unless you're a role as Chapman, like, think about what pitch Chapman got bummed on. If he was throwing heat, maybe Altuve can't catch it. Who yeah, knows? But, that's a but if he's ca- throwing off I, I went back. I went back and watched that, that whole at-bat. Like, I understand it's an off-speed, like, how he's be able to hang on that, but, like, it was a two, I think two o count or two one count. He had previously not hit in the zone with his two fastballs, so it's hard to go back to a fastball in that situation. But isn't it hard? I mean, I didn't play. I know you pitched a little. Isn't it somewhat harder to to locate an off speed oh. in a high pressure situation? A hundred percent. But at the okay. same time, like if maybe he missed, he's more he missed the zone with the fastball two yeah. times, you got to expect that he's going to change it up and maybe wait on that breaking ball. Because the biggest thing is if you're going to wait on it. Then you'll have the timing down because it's the timing discrepancy between an 85 mile an hour hanger from Aroldis Chapman and a 165 mile an hour heater <laughs> from him. So it is the only reason I don't want to see the Astros players suspended this year is because I want to see how good they actually are. Oh, you know, like there's if there's one guarantee next year, it's that the Astros will not be cheating. I can yeah. I can I can guarantee that because they're going to have a- metal detectors when they step out of the batter's box. Which <laughs> the CC Sabathi Instagram post, if you haven't seen it, check out his page. It's Altuve going through a metal detector. It's it's absolutely hysterical. But there's no doubt they would not be cheating if the Astros go and win like 70 games. I think they might get suspended for life after that. Yeah, because it'll I, be the I biggest evidence. I personally think that we're still going to see the Houston Astros. They are just forget forget the cheating scandal, forget everything, just look at it as baseball players. They are some of the most talented if not the most we think talented so. in baseball. We think so, so but we think. So but we people, think. I mean, obviously everyone's home and road splits are like vastly different. There's an advantage of playing at home, you're more comfortable, but like their splits were significantly different. So, we'll Especially see this year. I will see the one one last point that just pissed me off was them trying to play Altuve, trying to play this narrative that they're like everyone's doubting them and all that. Like, fuck off! Like, <laughs> like you're cheaters. You're absolutely you cheated the game. No one cares about your comeback story. Like, sick, dude. Like, move on. 
I mean, it's, it's they're over. they're making the Yankees more likable than the Astros. Think about oh, that concept. That, that, see, that's the thing with me. All right, I'll probably be, if we do a little more baseball talk this year, but I'm gonna say it now, man. I'm all in on the Astros this year. Oh I kind of want them to go out. That's just, such a you thing. I it's, it's I'll be honest. It's mostly driven by my hatred towards the Yankees and these Yankee fans on Twitter and in in everywhere are acting like acting like and and they were robbed. I'll get it. I'll, I'll give it to them. They were robbed, but they're acting like they should have. Eh. Two, well, that's actually where I'll I'll defend Listen, you. Listen, they should have some two. They should, they're they're at, they're walking around puffing their chest out. One of my buddies said, "We get the last laugh." No, you didn't, dude. You don't have a right, banner. You have zero laughs. That was Trito, by the way. You know Trito. Trito's like, "Oh, the Yankees get the last laugh." No, dude. The last laugh is when you prevail in the end. And right. the Yankees did not prevail once. They're acting like they would have ran through the Dodgers both times when they beat the Red Sox and or lost to the Red Sox and lost the Astros. It's just Yankee fans in general have really made me kind of I'm not saying I'm not pro what they did, but it's making me pro Astros just like shut no, up. No, it's it's anti Yankees, which is normally a fair course. But the my my thinking is I watched the Yankees all through the playoffs. You know I was all in on them. I bet on them. I thought it was finally the year they broke through. Bro, it what they they weren't giving up runs. They couldn't hit a damn pitch. The Astros weren't they weren't telling the Yankees what they were throwing right. and throwing something like it had nothing to do on the other side of the ball this year. Maybe the years of four, potentially. But like Cole Verlander, cranky, it was it was a shutdown. Listen, I'm a I'm a Phillies fan through and through, but listen, if I have an AL team It's why not? Don't say it's the Astros. <laughs> why not? There needs to be a conversation though about uh, one of the biggest. If upsets. they do it right, if they do it right, there. One yeah. of the well, there's no way they can get away with cheating <laughs> again. If they do, that's honestly impressive. But uh, one of the biggest upsets of the year was when the Orioles hung like 18 on the Astros. So yeah, do the we... Astros had two of their worst losses in franchise <laughs> history this year. Against two of the worst teams in MLB history. So you think they just let... Well, I guess against the Orioles, they still scored a crap ton. They just couldn't get it out. Yeah, you think All they right, were... They last, were thing, <laughs> last thing. Last thing like, on the Turn the, the TVs off for this one. Uh, more more scandals. Kansas, Kansas State last night. Malice at the Fieldhouse, <laughs> Malice at the Fieldhouse. Oh, actually kind of dope. Our boy... Um, let me see if I can pull it up real quickly. I forget what his name is. His name is... Mm. I gotta find it later. I'll give him a shout out on the next pod. But his his dad is the track coach at Kansas. He nice. said if we want tickets to a game at the field house, he may be able to hook it up. I, I went to Lawrenceville. What'd you say? I'd love to head out to Lawrenceville. Is that that's what it's called, right? It's just Lawrence. Lawrence <laughs> I, I went to Tech Lawrenceville or something. I went to Texas, Kansas, uh two years ago. It was Devontae Graham and Svi McCulloch. Machalak, Machalak. We know, we know it by Svee. yeah. His their senior night. It was by far the coolest actually arena stadium I've ever been in. It gets insanely loud. Um, I would kind of be down like their home game versus Baylor. Baylor's like number two in the country. That could be wild. Maybe a little press. No, it looks like they're at Baylor. I'm looking at their schedule now. Well, they play. Everyone plays home and away. I'm yeah, they sure. already lost to Baylor at home. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, Could, so uh, maybe maybe we'll hit a – I don't know. We'll figure it out. But maybe actually, it's next year. They actually don't play a single ranked team the rest – oh, wait. At home versus Texas Tech in a week. Ooh, the day okay. before the Super Bowl. We, we won't make that one. I'll be down <laughs> in Miami. But uh, shout out 
uh, the Snapback fam for mentioning that. And shout out your dad. Hopefully the track team's balling out. <laughs> I didn't check the, the record. But I'm gonna look crazy. Right as you talk, the top 25 NCAA track. Record. Yeah, let me know where, where the Jayhawks rank. Uh, crazy ending to the game. Kansas up 22 points, 21 points, dribbling out the clock. Kansas State steals the ball at half court, goes up for a dunk layup situation. And honestly, if the fight doesn't happen, that's one of the greatest blocks in college basketball history. It that was, was an absolute was denial. And I, I would go far enough to say the stare down was completely fair. Like, Kansas State's trying to score a garbage time basket, and this guy absolutely is a poster in terms of uh, blocks, and the stare down was just absolutely brutal. Led to an insane fight. DeSosa picks up a chair. Some guy's getting curb stomped on the ground. Obviously, no room for that in college athletics or athletics at all. Um, apparently, like, a bunch of players are going to be suspended, as would be De expected. DeSosa and uh, who is the I other love- one involved? Love to so so. They're they're, they're going to. Uh, I can't find these damn rankings. You they're, can't uh, find the college track <laughs> rankings. Oh, here we go. Kansas, 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 Kansas. Twenty-two. 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 All right. As Shout of, out. As of as outdoor. I don't know if he's a coach of indoor or outdoor. Uh, but, uh, true. We'll go with it. As of May, as of May thirteenth, twenty nineteen. So it looks like last year. Hey. Um, <laughs> oh, has the new season no, not started? Shit out. Preseason um, rankings, but I'm seeing a lot of Iowa, Kansas, Baylor. It looks like the Big Twelve. So the mid, the Midwest kind of like the crushes. Big Twelve is a good. Oh no, Iowa's in the Big Ten. I'm an idiot. Um, Texas. Yeah, it. but the Midwest, the right. Midwest. But anyway, back to Kansas basketball. Yeah, that was a big fu. It was a, like a weird flex steal, stealing the ball. Like the spread. Like he didn't bet on the game because the spread was already covered. Like, what are you stealing the ball for? And then the other, and then Salsa said, "Not tonight." And he chased him down. <laughs> the stool. And then I don't understand what was going on with this fight in the stands. Where Kansas is I ranked thirteenth preseason. Oh, let's go! Let's go, Jayhawks! I saw, I saw someone in a collared shirt throwing punches. Like when I first saw this fight, it looked like it was with fans. But yeah, then it was. It was wild. I, I mean, it was. Listen, I was watching ESPN late night last night with Scott Van Pelt and Seth Greenberg and this other guy. Oh, it's, it's awful for the sport. This is a shame. They should be suspended for the entire year. Oh, relax. <laughs> oh, I got hurt. Yeah, he picked up a chair and he almost swung it, but he didn't swing it. That, I, that might go down as photo of the year. Yeah. That stop. was wild. There's also like a girl trying to hold him back that's clearly having no impact on him. <laughs> but like, listen, had he thrown the chair... Sure, it might have been a criminal act and a criminal punishment, but hindsight's twenty twenty, and he didn't. He didn't throw that chair. Um, listen, I remember watching Malice at the Palace as a young child in my parents' bedroom, Indiana Pacers against the Detroit Pistons, where Ron Artest went into the stands. And, he was doing a hangout with the fam. Yeah, just wanted to hang with the fam. Um, no, in all seriousness, yeah, there's no. I'll, I'll play old old head. There's no place for that in the game. It's keep it on the court, yada, yada, yada. But that's what we love to see. That's what we like to see. It gets chippy at the end. Kansas versus Kansas State, a historic rivalry. It was just weird to me that it happened to be with a second and a half left in a 21-point blowout. But I'm looking at this photo right now. I actually want to see 
I'm gonna try and zoom this photo out to like look in the crowd and get some reactions. No, no, no. There's a gr- incredible. I'll post it on the Snapback Pod Instagram I'm looking story. At, I'm looking like there's really- a hilarious reaction. It's actually the Jayhawk mascot with like his hands on his head, looking absolutely like, oh my god. I what see a guy happened? with his shirt off, and he's got some like Nacho Libre looking headpiece with horns coming out of it, but he's blocked by a chairlifter's elbow. That's all I really got, and a lot of millennials with their phones out. <laughs> <laughs> As they That's should. That's about all I got. Um, so these two teams both play on Saturday. So D Velasco three. I know you're trying to get a hole. Maybe you don't want to wait until uh, next Sunday for the national anthem. Kansas State on the road at Alabama basketball, of course. Uh, I assume they're going to be missing a lot of players. Tennessee, Ian Lawrence. Kansas probably missing a bunch of players. Should we hit the Tennessee-Bama parlay for all the monies? No. Okay. I, I just, just a thought. I just don't like, I like that logic. What if they're – I mean, what if it's all walk-ons? Dude, there were like two players involved for Kansas. What do you mean? I, was it not both teams, like half their squads? Yeah, but like in terms of like who was carrying the load, it was uh, – I don't know. I think you're just looking at – Sosa um, and David McCormick from uh, Kansas. Kansas State, I don't know a single player on their team except Michael Beasley. Uh, that's who I grew up watching at Kansas State. I, I was a big Jacob Pullen fan. Oh, Jacob. Oh, who, how could I forget Agent Zero? Jacob Pullen. He was a yeah, sixer. Jacob Pullen. He was and a they process had, sixer. They had um, like a light skin shooter. Um, I, I don't know his last name. He was really good. Um, I'm trying to think of other good old – I mean, my favorite Kansas player of all time, Sherrod Collins and Thomas Robinson, another great – Thomas Robinson literally eats glass for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. I thought uh, this will I, – I wish we had the podcast back in 2010 because I was on record. I don't think and there by, were such things as podcasts <laughs> And by on record, I mean I probably made like a Facebook post about it because <laughs> it was before Twitter. I, I believed that Thomas Robinson, because of his work ethic and he like had a crazy situation growing up, he raised his sister, I believed he was going to be better than Anthony Davis. So. Yeah, because at the time you were a Washington Wizards fan. And he had he, gotten drafted to the Wizards. No, nah, he didn't get drafted to the Wizards. Well, he was on the Wizards for a while. And you yeah, he played for that. like six teams. My favorite Kansas player of all time is probably a guy by the name of Joel Embiid. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Snapback fam. Episode you know 64. Will went to Kansas? Yeah. yeah. And Andrew Wiggins. Rafe LaFrance. Rafe LaFrance. That's a name. Dallas, Dallas Maverick, lefty, back in the day, early 2000s. We could play Power this game forward. all day long. Yeah. I'm just looking at a bunch of other names. Perry Ellis, he was there for 14 years. <laughs> is he not still there? He I, actually, thought I, saw, I thought I saw him in the I fight I actually yesterday. thought, no, this is funny. <laughs> I actually thought I saw a couple weeks ago that Perry Ellis is pers- pursuing his degree. Dude, you were there for 10 <laughs> years. You couldn't get it done? Perry uh, Ellis. Oh, shout out to our boy Trayvon Jackson. Heading over to Sweden to play for the Dolphins. And yeah, he's gonna send up, us, baby. He's going to send us some jerseys. I'm going to beg him. And am I crazy to say, like, should we go out there, like, a little quick to Sweden, bring back some chocolate, get some Dolphins jerseys, uh, do a vlog, sweet, bet, bet the money uh, line. Swedish weather. Is Swedish, no, it's 39 degrees. We'll, we'll catch you in a road game in, uh, <laughs> I don't know, Ibiza. 
<laughs> All right, fam. Episode 64 of the Snapback Sports Pod. Five episodes away from the grand episode, which should land. Wait a second. I, what? If I, what's up? Five episodes from the grand episode? What does that mean? Yeah, do the math. Oh, right. well, because, okay, I thought you were talking about the Super Bowl. You are talking about so 65. Episode 65 <laughs> would be Monday's video pod, 66. Big pod Monday. Eckler, 67, would be... Um, 67 would be potentially Nate Burleson, 68. I think we're going to have some old Penn State players come on. 69, the Super Bowl hot mic right after the game? 69 is, um, hold on, let me see. No, that's awful math by me. 69 is either going to be the episode before the Super Bowl, or we'll save it for the recap. 69, if that's the case and it's the recap, I'm betting on the exact points to be 69. Okay, I like that. <laughs> With that being said, I do believe there it's going to be slightly low scoring. I posted on Snapback Pod, like, put your predictions. Everyone's like, 43-38, 39-36, 32-30. Like, all right. That's I don't what know. I got. I don't know. You have high scoring game? Yeah, I'm just I'm just picking what I want to happen. Right, right. Which is always a, a good way to do it. They always say, bet with your heart, not your head. Um, I tend to so bet there's with both. That. All right, Familia, we will When you head down to Miami? On Tuesday, after I see you, baby. On Tuesday. South Beach. Abe, I'll see you. Let's go Big Red and Andy. Come on, Andy. Go get that big one. Go do the big one. I'll see you Friday, Snapback fam. We'll see you Monday. Uh, We'll actually see you. Yeah, I know. We'll legitimately see them. Yes. Well, Well, they'll see us. But we'll kind of see you guys. So... The audio version will definitely post Monday as per usual, and then it'll go up on my YouTube at or Snap Exports by Jack YouTube channel. Um, hopefully, also on Monday, but potentially Tuesday. We'll see. I mean, we're talking to maybe Austin Eckler. This dude's almost—he's like a Pro Bowler, man. Come on, let's go. Almost. Man. Oh, Pro Bowl preview. Thirty seconds. Um, couple new rules that I didn't read into. Probably oh, won't I'm just looking for random numbers ones. and who's going to win. Uh, MVP winner, eeny, meeny, money, Lamar Jackson. Okay. AFC, 27. Actually, I think the last two I feel like have been slightly low scoring. I like Jamal Adams won MVP. Huh? I could not tell you who. Yeah. I think there's an offensive and defensive MVP. I don't know. They might have split it last Dude, the, year. Nonetheless, the Pro Bowl is so damn stupid. It sucks, but... I'm going AFC 45, NFC 42. Why not? Let's have some And I'm going NFC 45, AFC 42. And what eagle is winning Pro Bowl MVP in that case? Okay. In a a, uh, 87-point game, he's going to ball out. All right, fam. We'll catch you on Monday. Peace. Peace.